Welcome to the Aquademia Podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this special episode of the Aquademia Podcast. I'm Sean O'Loughlin. I'm Justin Grant. And I'm Maddie Cassidy. And today, this is our Cena, the Taste of Cena episode, which we do every year uh, for 2023. And we are coming at you live from the show floor at Seafood Expo North America in Boston. And uh, there's going to be some really cool exclusive conversations that we have here from the floor, but before we get into everything, I want to remind everybody, as I always do, to please subscribe to Aquademia wherever you listen, so every new episode will be automatically downloaded on your device as soon as it becomes available. And follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at AquademiaPod. If you want to contact the podcast for any reason, do you have guest suggestions, you want to be a guest, do you want to sponsor the podcast, whatever the reason, you can fill out our online form located at globalseafood.org slash podcast. And if you enjoy this episode and you want to hear more from us, then leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. That's right. So, as you may notice, it's a little bit noisy here. And, that's uh, purposeful, that's, believe it or not. That's on purpose, yeah. We didn't add the sound effects. We are really uh, recording live here on the show floor. It's day one of Cena, and uh, we have a guest with us today who joined us last year for the Taste of Cena episode. Hi. Too. Vicky Mutzler. How are you doing, Vicky? Just great. How about you? I'm pretty good. Vicky, do, do you... You had a big part in putting, setting this whole thing up, right? You do a lot of the coordination for this. this I year. mean, I just help Steve. Steve is the mastermind, <laughs> really. And I'm sure we'll sit down with Steve, too, yeah. because we always sit down with him at, at this. But, um, but what we want to do first, before we get into some of the um, interviews that we get, a little short conversations that we had, I want to just get everybody's first impression of the show this year. This is our second year back after not coming for a couple of years. So, um, you know, we have last year to compare to, which was different from our last recording here. <laughs> but Maddie, what's your kind of first impression of the show this year? What really struck me this year walking around the show floor this morning is that there are so many booths. It seems like there are yeah. more booths yeah. this year, definitely more than last year and potentially even more than like pre-pandemic levels. Hmm. I don't know if that's the case for sure, but there the, the show floor, if, if people who don't attend don't know, it's located at the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center, which is a massive convention center. There's a ton of show floor space. And I personally, I've been coming since 2018. This is my fourth show. I don't think I've ever seen it this packed. Yeah, it's weird. We were just saying it feels kind of quiet because it's like the beginning, but there's an unbelievable amount of people in booths here. Yes. We walked we walked the whole thing me you and Vicky and Elise walked the whole floor this morning before everyone was here. And uh yeah, it's it's full. Yes. It's definitely full. It's We've, still warming up the amount of people. We have a few new employees who are walking the floor. I don't expect them back for a few hours. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure. Justin, what do you think? What's uh, what was your first thoughts about this? Yeah, similar to Maddie. I mean, it's Day one, it's only been open. The show floor has been open for about an hour or so. So it takes a little settling in for a lot of people. But uh, I was shocked. We were here yesterday afternoon. Our booth was still being set up along with multiple other booths. And I was hesitant to think that this morning when I got 
downstairs onto the show floor that everything was going to be set up. It's there amazing, was a lot of work amazing. that yeah. still needed to be done. And man, did they... They really go right down to the last minute. Like they wait until... <laughs> they worked through the night. Like they wait until sure. oh, yeah. 9.59 to pull those last sheets up off the rugs that have the <laughs> logos on them and stuff. And it, they go right down to it. I think some of the post-pandemic like normalcy is, is behind us, right? Last year, there were... Some masks, some no, like mm-hmm. no masks. And then there was like the awkward, can you do a handshake? Can you not do yeah. a handshake? And now everyone's just like hugging and dancing and having a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen too much dancing yet, but I'm, uh, it might have just I'm been sure me. we will. <laughs> it was just Justin dancing. <laughs> and I, I feel like we have to mention this in every Taste of Cena episode that we do every year. And that is that Cena holds a very special place in mm-hmm. the heart of Aquademia because it's where right. we launched mm-hmm. the podcast Four years ago this weekend. Yeah. Wow. So happy anniversary. Happy yeah, anniversary, Yeah, we threw a guys. cocktail party and everything <laughs> right at the booth, man. That was awesome. That was really fun. So maybe next um, year when we celebrate year number five, that's special enough. That's to, uh, a big yeah. milestone. Another cocktail party. And, and Maddie, this is also a special day for you as well. It is. It's my five-year anniversary of working at Global Seafood Alliance. Can you imagine starting at a new job and your first day is like here? Thrown no. into <laughs> the thick of it. The absolute thick of it. Oh, but it was... Man. It was actually really a great experience to have this be my first day because it showed me just first of all how big the seafood industry is Mm -hmm. and also like how much of an impact that gsa has on everything so it was a great first day it was overwhelming for sure oh yeah but it was good i can imagine so vicky any Mm. any first impressions you want to give us um i mean kind of just the same as justin and maddie it's packed here this year um there's a buzz in the air. People are still just starting, so people have energy. I think by by Monday night or Tuesday, it'll be a little dead yeah, in here. It's but definitely gonna, <laughs> you'll, you'll, I'm sure you'll hear as we go through our interviews today, like background noise is yes. going to get a little bit quieter and quieter. <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah, I think we're ready for our next caffeine already. Yes, yep. we are ready for caffeine dose number two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the time fun. switch. Not only do we have mm. global travelers, right? So their time is off already. But for us who just drove a couple, well, less than an hour south from our head headquarters, um, just moving the clocks ahead an hour was Daylight saving. for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it might be the last time we do that. But that's it's possible about that. Yeah, we'll mm-hmm. see. Anyway, so that's, uh, that's just our first impressions of the show. Uh, we're going to be finding some past guests that have been on the show. Mm-hmm. Some other people that haven't been on the show yet that may have full episodes in the future, but we're going to have a bunch of quick five to ten minute conversations with uh, some people that we meet up with on the floor here. So it's going to be really great, and I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you like this taste of Cena. And if you're not here, we're sorry that you weren't able to come. But uh, That's why we do Ho- this episode. Yeah, that's Hopefully why, you why can feel here. like you were here. Exactly. So stay tuned for more uh, conversations, and we'll talk to you at the end. Ciao. Bye. All right. So if you've listened to the last Taste of Cena episodes that we've done the last few years, uh, you'll know that the first one that we usually do is with Steve Hedlund because Steve is, you know, the, the big wig in charge of everything uh, Cena for us. He, he's the one that pulls it all together. How's it going, Steve? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. I'm always, always happy to have you, Steve. Returning yeah. champion, fan favorite. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> but no, w- this is great. We love starting out with you because, you know, you you've been doing this for so long and you are so involved in what goes mm-hmm. into it. And we love to get your take on like the show this year. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts around it? What's different? What's the same? What's comfortable? What's uncomfortable? Kind of just give us your overall thoughts about the show. Well, I think it's back. 
I heard yesterday that um, 2018 was a record here mm. for Seafood Expo North America in terms of um, 2018. Square, 2018. Yeah. Did I say 2018? No, you, no, right. no, you said 18. I just wanted to make before sure. Before COVID. I had it right. Before 2018, COVID. Yeah. yeah. Right. Pre pandemic. Yeah, in terms of uh, square footage of his exhibit space and yeah. I think number of visitors too. So they're almost kind of back to that this year, 2023. So that's encouraging. It felt crazy busy. We were saying we, were, we went and had lunch. And then as we were coming back down the stairs afterwards, it was like a sea. It, it was like. Closing time at the Magic yeah. Shoulder Kingdom. to shoulder. Right. Walking through. Yeah, you yeah. could not right. see it's, the it's carpet. It was just yeah. shoulder to shoulder people Yeah, and right. I think we're still in, in the mindset a little bit of like last year where it wasn't as busy. Right. So. It wasn't. It wasn't. And it's that quantity versus quality argument, right? You want a little bit of both. Mm. And uh, I think a lot of the key retail and food service companies, they're always well represented here. And I think they are again this year. But now the quantity's back too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, we're getting a lot today. I mean, all different types of people have dropped by the exhibit to chat, right. some of whom we're not aware of. So, yeah. What are some of the highlights for you so far? I know it's only been so like a few hours. Well, yeah. well, <laughs> give us your four-hour run I haven't. I, no, I'm looking forward to the conference program. I always yeah. um, sit in on that, and we'll be writing about um, the two sessions I'm attending for the responsible seafood advocate. So mm-hmm. I don't often get to do that anymore. Yeah. I just kind of mm-hmm. run out of time to do that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, as a writer. So you I'll know, enjoy you don't that. Have to do as much writing. Yeah, no, <laughs> just a little bit. Just email. But that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's sort of We know you love email, Steve. Oh, yeah. yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward to that in particular. I also heard that there are there were a bunch of like regions and countries that weren't able to come yes. last year because of the pandemic that are back this year. Right. That's true. I know Japan, China, other Asian countries didn't quite have a presence really at all last year are, are back. Mm-hmm. So, and we saw a lot of that in Barcelona. So uh, Boston was quieter last year, no doubt. But mm-hmm. Barcelona, which is like six weeks later, was very lively. So mm-hmm. even in that six-week span... Do you span, think it's just easier for we more people out to the, get there than to get I to think it had to do more with just timing of... We were coming out of... It's still winter. It's yeah. It definitely feels like winter. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> I know there's only a few days left, but especially with a storm coming Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Uh. Um, that six weeks made a difference in terms of people feeling like they were out of the pandemic. That's what right. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was it? Was it 2019 that they had the big blizzard? I think it was... Two, that was 2018. I think it was 2018, yeah. And, like, yeah. people couldn't leave Boston. Like, people were... Yeah, it was... It, exactly. Yeah, I remember driving home in that. So. I, I got out of Dodge right before it came. <laughs> so I, I missed it, but yeah, yeah I was yeah. reminiscing with someone today who hitched a ride. We rode back together. That was a fun oh, experience. Man. You get to know someone when you're white knuckling. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, your visibility is just the, the bumper in the front of your car. <laughs> yeah. So what? How many Boston seafood shows do you think that you have been to? I think in your this career? is my 21st. Wow. So since 2000, and and then we missed two. We missed yep. two of them. Years. Yes. Yeah. So I could, wow. could do the math. Yeah, I think that's 21. Yeah. So last year was 20. You should have gotten like a medal I know. or something. Well, I always say that. And then there are people who have been since the beginning. Like way right, long. Right. 1983 yeah. or whenever it was when it was really, really small. And it was actually started on the waterfront over by, uh, I think, by the Trade Center there. Mm. So, and as Brian told us earlier this week with the 
really started by the Canadian exporters. And yeah. yeah. So there are people who have been to just about every show since then. So. Mm. Yeah, I imagine. We have some catching up today. Yeah, yeah. we got, we got, you know, we got some time well, under know, our belt, but we have a lot. More you know, now. this industry, a lot of people don't leave; they just kind of <laughs> yeah, jump around Bounce from organization to organization. It so. is funny to see like people that you see every year, and it's like, oh, they're at a different booth this year. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For yeah. Sure. Well, what are you, before we let you go? What are kind of your hopes and plans for the next couple of days? Uh, what are you really excited to to check out or excited to talk? To yeah. You? Well, for me personally, I, I. It's, it's funny, I'm at an event to talk about an event, Events, but right. yeah. <laughs> I like to talk people. I've been talking a, a lot to people lately about just um, what's keeping them up at night. Yeah. Because that's the type of topics we like For to, the program. Yeah, yeah, so and people are always willing to share what, what their challenges and opportunities are, and that kind of becomes the basis of the, the way the timing works out with when the show is. I'm having those conversations now and in the early stages of program development and that um, having that everyone be here you know and and sometimes they're relieved that they don't have to have a very business oriented conversation there's no pressure when they talk to me yeah. right, right. we can kind of you know shoot the shit and you know and I, I get a lot out of that personally yeah. not just in you know, personally catching up with them, but then finding out about what's what yeah. really matters. So that at our event, the Responsible Seafood Summit in October, I can be sure that that we're we're uh, addressing, addressing what's what's of most importance. So yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah. And at this Responsible Seafood Summit, we will be there. We will be recording. And, and I was there this week, and we scouted out a spot for you, so I know exactly where you'll be. All right. And timing. We'll so, be there all week. Yeah, yeah, awesome. we're gonna have quite a setup for you. So anyone so. that's listening, if you're going to that event as well, make sure you come seek us out. Yes. All right, Steve, thank you so much. Good luck with the rest of the show, and maybe we'll talk to you again at the end for a, you know, final remarks. All right, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Steve. All right, so we're sitting down with Sarah Rademacher from American Unagi. She came by and caught our eye, and we said, hey, come sit down. Here's a microphone. Come talk to us. How's it going, Sarah? <laughs> Great. Glad to be here. Just walked in the door, drove down from Maine this morning. Oh, awesome. wow. Yeah. Oh, you, you came down today? Yep. Nice. Yeah, one day. I got to get yep. back to the farm. Yeah. So uh, you picked Sarah, a good day. Sarah is an eel farmer. I am. Let's talk about eel farming. This is something that we actually haven't touched on in the podcast. I think the most we've gotten about eel farming on the podcast has been that you couldn't get BAP certified because you can't grow eel larvae in a hatchery. And that's been a sticking point for some people back before. So can you talk, talk to us about eel farming? How does it work? What, what's, yeah. what's new in the world of eels? Eels have been in aquaculture for a long period of time. But like you said, there's no source of um, juveniles from a hatchery. Right. So, yep. and you can, there's all sorts of crazy stuff on eels and the story of eels and the fact that nobody's ever seen them breed in the wild. So what right. um, that is actually one thing that we talked about on the podcast is like right. it's a mystery. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that we're doing that makes us different from all eels on the marketplace is that Maine has one of the only places where you can fish for the juvenile glass eels. Oh. And that fishery is super, super regulated now. Um, but what happens is all those eels get shipped to farms abroad, 
grown there, mixed in with eels from all over the world. And yeah. what we're doing in growing them right in Maine in land-based aquaculture is creating one of the most traceable eels, accountable eels that are out there in the marketplace. So we work directly with our harvesters that are local and have been fishing eels since the 1970s mm -hmm. um, to supply our farm. And then we grow them out in land-based aquaculture systems. Where, where, wow. are, where are these eels? Where are they out there? They're, um, they're all over the U.S., really? but it's only in Maine and South Carolina where they have fisheries for the juveniles. Interesting. Yeah. What? It's wild. What made you want to get into eel farming? Yeah question. So my background's in aquaculture. I've been in the industry for 20 years. I worked abroad in Africa. Um, I came to Maine and loved it, thought I was going to be there for a couple of months. And I realized that the atmosphere there was prime for aquaculture. And mm -hmm. I also saw this shift happening with consumer recognition of aquaculture. And I was like, all right, this is the time if I'm going to build a business. And I started looking around for a fish to grow in land-based aquaculture there where I didn't have to build a huge massive overwhelming facility mm. and I looked and looked and looked and then I saw what was happening with the local eel fishery and I said all right here's an opportunity that's perfect in a time when aquaculture still kind of met with some trepidation is yep. here we are working with a local fishery and keeping a product and value adding it here in the same place where it's caught so it's it's a huge win-win for Maine um, plus it's uh, really an, an opportunity to kind of promote aquaculture and kind of that transition um, space. Yeah. Right, especially yeah. from Maine where it's such a fisheries, like it's known for its fisheries. So it's nice that you can kind of bridge the gap a little bit. Yeah, well something yeah. like this is cool because it's both, right? Because you right. need to rely on the fishery to get the larvae. So it's like, you know, it's not one side or the other. It, do, you, do your eels stay in Maine mostly? Or do you ship abroad? We ship all over the U.S. So oh, wow. we've been, um, we actually, one of our largest customers in, in the Midwest. Um, but it's people who are looking for an eel that's traceable. A lot of restaurants yeah. took it off their menu because it's red listed. Yep. But, right. you know, in having that, that traceability of the accountability, we're producing a product that people feel good about um, and can put on their menus. That's a, probably a really good talking point, too, for those chefs, those oh, yeah. waiters or waitresses. When someone's maybe asking about that, you can say, we can tell you exactly where this came from. No, exactly. And that's it lines up right with kind of consumers wanting to know where seafood's coming from, wanting to, to get more comfortable with aquaculture. We're really this, uh, it's been great. It's been really great. That's so. fantastic. So what's your goal for the show this weekend, this I, week, I guess? So we just finished construction on our new farm. We've been producing out of it, and I got to get ready to sell those eels. So yeah. having, a, customers. having a lot of meetings um, and looking for opportunities to get more of our eels out into the market. That's awesome. Great. Well, yep. I would love to have you come back and do a full episode with us, um, especially since you're fairly close. We can get together yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. And um, yeah, so let's set that up. Maybe a species spotlight Ooh. on eels. Yes. Or, uh, that might be I can a, talk eels for hours. Well, oh. that's perfect. We'll give you that's music one. to our ears. <laughs> we'll give you one hour All right. to talk All about right. eels. Yeah. All right. um, is it mostly uh, like sushi restaurants? That are buying the eels or no i no? that's what i thought yeah that's uh, what i feel like that's the only place that i've seen it on menus but eel, like eels are all over the world they're connected to cultures and traditions yeah, yeah. um right. and we found that too in the american market that you know we're in french restaurants and italian restaurants oh, yeah, okay. um so it's 
you know, definitely a I'm not going to the part. right restaurants. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just getting out there. So they right. like a lot of those restaurants have been looking for a high quality eel that just hasn't been on the market. Yeah. Very cool. Wow. wow. Awesome. Well, so. Sarah, thanks for joining us sitting down. I'm glad you walked by and we're able to catch us. So yeah. Awesome. yeah. And I'm we're going to get you again. Yeah. So, so we'll, much, we'll talk Sarah. to you soon to have a full episode. Awesome. Right. Yeah, thanks, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the show. Thanks. All right, you're good. Okay, so we are sitting down with the team from Raw Seafoods. Hey, guys. Hey there. Hey. How's it going? Could you all just go around and introduce yourselves and what you do at Raw Seafoods for us? Yeah, we can start I'll with start. you. Um, uh, my name is Kristen Fellian. I am the social media manager at Raw Seafoods, and I have been here since October. Hi, my name is Hillary Shannonay, and I'm the senior brand designer here at Raw Seafoods, and I've been there for about six months now. Um, hey, my name is Gary Marcotte, and I'm the vice president of marketing for Raw Seafoods. I've uh, been Beautiful. there for about eight months now. Beautiful. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're really excited to have you on. Raw Seafoods is a corporate member of Global Seafood Alliance, mm -hmm. and this is the first time that we've been able to meet in person, so it's been so great getting to know you guys. It's a pleasure Yeah, being we were here. super pumped when we heard you were here. We wanted to stop by and chat it up and see what kind of great opportunities lie ahead for, all, for us both. Yeah, thank you. So how about for our listeners, you just give us an introduction of who Raw Seafoods is, what you stand for as a company, what you're all about. So uh, Raw Seafoods has been around for 25 years. Uh, we've been keeping it raw for 25 years. That's what we're saying this year. Keeping it raw. Um, so it's pretty cool. That's our, that's our new slogan for the year. Um, it's a family-owned business. Um, a lot of heart and soul goes into it from the founders, Jay and Scott. Um, the team is a very progressive team. We focus on value-added products. Um, we distribute on a national basis to a lot of the major retailers across the country and North America. We deal with a lot of specialty shops as well. Um, and on the food service side, we, we have a pretty substantial business uh, throughout the Northeast on that end as well. We work super closely with chefs, uh, not just on product innovation and making sure they have the culinary ingredients to be successful in, in the world of seafood, uh, but we go above and beyond to highlight them, work with them, and have them influence you know, products that, that we launch into the marketplace. That's amazing. So one thing that we were talking about yesterday with you is how passionate both of our organizations are about collaboration throughout the industry. And I know that you have a few projects going on that are working to collaborate even more with your partners and your customers and teaching them about how great the seafood industry is. So I'd love if you could talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Well, it comes down to when you see a logo on a product, we really want it to stand forward. We want Absolutely. people to know when they see our products that we are for sustainability and progressing into the future. We want to know that you know we are industry leaders and it's just more than just showing off a logo on a packaging, but we actually have the commitment and dedication behind it to execute. Yeah, absolutely. And I would just add too, as we see it day in and day out, that the human interaction and the way that we collaborate together as people, it's much more than just a label. It's much more than just an organization. It's two organizations who are passionate about the industry, being able to align their values, to be able to align everything that they're doing on a daily basis, and how can we contribute to enhancing the industry? How can we become better partners? How can we be better people? We have a very futuristic mindset, and we're just not going to stop. That's amazing. Yeah, cool. So uh, I would say so a few exciting things that we have going on. 
Um, and if you That's what I was going to ask. Here, I was like, so yeah. what, what, is, yeah, yeah. what, are, what yeah. steps do we take? So, yeah, so a few exciting things that we have going on uh, at the show today. Uh, one is uh, we're launching our brand new uh, brand uh, called City Pier Specialty Seafoods. Uh, these are specialty seafood products. Um, like no other, again, it has a lot of value add and uses and inspiration behind it. Uh, we work closely, again, with chefs, especially on our executive uh, chef level back at Raw Seafoods and R&D team to make sure that we're a proponent of actually making the trends instead of following the trends. So the grilled shrimp is launching at the show uh, yesterday, today, and Tuesday, and we're looking forward to that to go into retail. Um, aside from that, we're launching Raw Seafoods University as well, and this is just another knowledge base that we're offering all of our customers, whether it be chef or retail. Um, this is for um, buyers um, as well as customers and partners to learn about the species that we sell on a regular basis. Um, and then uh, Kristen is uh, leading up our Chef Spotlight, which we're really excited about too, and this just goes into the culinary creativity and celebrating everything culinary that that chef stands for uh, while he's creating you know, uh, meals with our products. Yeah, and I've found that the more we enhance our product in a way that is more interesting and engaging for people, the better our Chef Spotlight series has become. But it's, again, the personal interaction that's really making it. It's the questions that you ask. It's the engagement that you put into it. And like, it's true when they say what you put into it is what you get out of it. And our projects right now, specifically Chef Spotlight and Raw University, like we are engaging into the research, into the resources that we have, and we're very thankful to have it. Um, but we're thankful for our chefs. We're thankful for the people who are making it happen and creating these beautiful culinary dishes that are just taste out of this world and all traces back to the love of seafood. That's great. So shifting to the seafood show, is this any of your first time at the seafood it show? It is. Yeah. Yep. Same here. So what is your first impression of how you think of how, what do you think of the show and what stood out to you? I'm just seeing constant opportunity every every corner I take. It's such a large event and so many organizations are, it, it's awesome to see how proud they are to be here, how proud they are to exhibit their product. And we're right up there. We want to be able to continue that excitement and go through. And Gary said it time and time again, that synergistic energy is real and you can feel that communicating with people at the seafood show but it's just been the opportunity that's been my favorite part but just getting to know different people getting to know different partnerships that i didn't think existed it's just a world of opportunity right for us. it's it's funny because during the pandemic it we obviously got away from face to face and it kind of almost got to a point where it's like well maybe we don't need those in-person meetings as much but once you come here it's like oh no it's the absolutely worth it is so great to Absolutely. talk to people. I think we're making a lot of progress too in that sense and just being able to be present uh, it's the best. It's It's been an awesome show. Alright. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to thank sit down so with us. Thank you so much for having us, And you guys. we look forward to having you on for a future full-length episode. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank you so much. Good. Alright, so one of our most popular episodes from right out of the gate was when we had Joe Thomas on. How's it going, Joe? Thanks for coming back. Pretty good. Thank you so much. It's we're really excited to have you. Good to yeah. back again. It's really good to reconnect again. I'm Absolutely. Really glad you were able to Absolutely. Give us a bit of time. I wanted to talk to you about a couple of things that um, came up in the meeting last night, I guess, that I was not invited to. Um, <laughs> and um, I want to talk about the school. Can yes, you, can, Denise us- came up to us and she was like, we need to talk about the school. Yeah. yeah. So we, we'd love to hear more it about so it. It was so nice of Steve and Dennis to 
take us for dinner last night. It was great. And as we were talking, you know, Dennis was uh, in Cochin, my hometown yep. in India, briefly for a day. So my wife was there too for this uh, dinner. So she asked Dennis, so she was talking about Choice House, where she stayed, it's a beautiful place, so great. So my wife asked me her a question. Did you go to Choice School? She says, unfortunately not. So Steve and Dennis wanted to know more about what is the school yeah, about? Yeah, what is it? Yeah. Usually when you say a business person or a business house starts a school, it's, it's like a social commitment and you have a kindergarten, few books for your children. I said, no. Choice School is 34 years old. I was 34 years younger when that vision came to me. And uh, I established Choice School with 40 students, four teachers, and today it has grown to close to 3,500 students. Wow. Awesome. 500 odd teachers. My goodness. Uh, 3,000 alumni all over the world. Yep. So it went on and she asked me, again they asked me, what took you to education? I'm born, you know it, I'm a shrimp guy, grew up in the beach, carried shrimp and <laughs> education. I'm a lemon dropout. I've not seen the four walls of a college. So what's my qualification, technically speaking, to start an institution mm -hmm. which is today one of the greatest institutions in India. Of mm -hmm. uh, three, four hundred doctors, alumni, legal professionals, entrepreneurs, scientists, pilots, all walks of life. You know, there are students who have walked the portals of Choice School. So I said, it is a call. We all have a calling sometimes. You, you guys are called to do what you're doing so that people hear what you say and what initiatives yeah. you bring. Same way, I said, it is a calling. And I said, God did not find anybody else better than Mother Mary to carry Jesus Christ. She was not the richest, not the most qualified, and you know where it was born. So I said, it is a calling. I was not educated enough to be qualified as an educator, but I was a, it was a calling and I walked in, it was a journey. You know, it is something, the best thing that I've done in my life. Nothing gives me pleasure than this. Even yeah. now when I go to the school, when I see thousands of children. That's got to be an amazing experience. Every being, time, I imagine. Yeah. Even after 34 years. Yes, and being provided. I was there last week. And they call Uncle JT, you know, oh. the little ones, and come running to me. Uh -huh. And when I see them, I see them going to be there for 12 more years, walking that journey, getting ready to be street smart, and wow. be a choicean. So we call our alumni as choicians. Okay. And there are more than 3,000 uh, out there, including this country. There are more than 200 registered doctors and professionals in wow. the United States who wow. call themselves choicians. Mm -hmm. So when I see this, you know, it gives me a lot of um, happiness and the belief that after my time, I will be remembered. If I was just a shrimp guy, <laughs> processed cooked shrimp, raw shrimp, yeah. whatever shrimp you talk about. Not that about, there's anything wrong with that. Nothing yeah. wrong. But a day will come that we all leave. We need to leave a legacy. Yeah. I'm not a politician. I've never been in, on, a, on a seat where I've done public service. But I treat this choice school more than public service. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, hundreds of students study there for free. India, as you know, 34 years ago was never 
addressed anywhere closer to being a developed nation. Mm -hmm. yeah. Today, definitely, people will say is developing, developed. So we needed education. Yeah, uh, yeah. The system was weak in early, you know, late 80s when I started the school. Uh, government-run schools, they're good. I'm not blaming them, but anything government in that part of the world has got limitations. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. So I yeah. saw a need uh, through my calling, and that is how I established Choice School, where we changed the face of education, the attitude of teachers, the infrastructure, the safety for children, mm -hmm. the transport system. Everything was in disarray, but we came in and set new standards. And today, Choice School, after 34 years, has produced some of the best talents, and it is rated as the number seven best school in the country. Of wow. 130, that's amazing. You know, billion people. And so India is known to be one of the largest countries. Exactly. So that is things. Yeah, like. and to get there to this position, not the ranking that I care for. I think that's a hard fact that we delivered, uh, bringing the best of standards and getting these students street smart. I would yeah. say mm -hmm. they're not yeah. just academicians. You know, just textbook yep. learning. That's. Important. You don't get that at every school. No. Yes. No, we not. we teach them outside the textbook. They they have a bigger picture. They they are leaders, and we have created them to stand up in any society yeah. where they are visible. A choice in is always standing tall in any That's society, awesome. and and they carry that spirit of a choice in with them. That's amazing, and I think you know that and all of the other things that we talked about with your previous episode, I think it just proves that you guys really are, as was coined, as Denise told us, a company with purpose, right? Absolutely. You know, we all have to live for a purpose. Yeah. We all are yeah. selected for something. Sometimes we forget our purpose. So I keep revisiting it and I know exactly what it is. Our businesses support the school. Mm. Yep. So when I talk to my customers, I say, hey, you do business with us. Thank you so much. Remember, what we make from you, if at all we do, some goes back into teaching yeah. mm. and educating the next generation. And that's what it's showing about. them. That's that. what we need. We, yes. need, we need more of that. So it's, it's it's a great, you know. I'm telling you, the, my happiest moments are when I go to the school, mm. yeah. and sixty percent of my time I spend at the schools. Oh, we have three wow. schools, and these children, the way they connect with me, it's an unbelievable thing. You got to come and see it to believe it. I to would see love it, to. Really. So I, you know, certainly I would like to invite you guys one day. Oh, yeah. that would be amazing. I that would be amazing. Even Dennis yesterday, be my guest. Yeah. And you so will, you'll really get the reach on that. Is the school a 12-year school? It is a K to 12. K to okay. 12. Okay. K to 12. English is the medium. Okay. We teach all the regional languages because we believe in that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Usual academics, non-academics, sporting events, soccer. Basketball, <laughs> everything you name think it, of. Yeah. With theater. <laughs> we give a lot of impetus on theater, mm -hmm. art, and you know, besides the academics that we, yeah. mm -hmm. we excel in. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, the show's going well for you, sounds like. So far, so good. I'm not walking the floors, but uh, I have a meeting room and <laughs> I'm meeting old friends. I've been around for a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. so I'm seeing the new generation running around and I think yeah. they're doing a better job than oh. my generation did. And I wish <laughs> there's a lot of space to run. Yeah, I wish <laughs> everybody the best and I hope the show yeah. does good for everybody. Thank you so yeah. much for having well, me. Thank again. you for coming back. We really thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, appreciate JT. you being on. Thanks.
All right, everybody, that is our Taste of Cena episode for the year 2023. If we didn't get a chance to catch up with you at the Boston Seafood Show this year, please reach out to us and we'll connect um, via email and see if we can get catch up a little bit if we weren't able to catch up at the show. But to everyone that we saw there, the new people that we met and some old friends that we reconnected with, it was really great to see everyone and great to meet everyone. We had a great time at the show. I hope you enjoyed these little snippets of conversations that we had and um, look forward to some of the full episodes that we're going to have coming out with these guests. It's going to be really good content. We're really excited and we're glad that we made these connections with them. Remember, if you enjoy the show and you want to make sure that you get every new episode automatically downloaded to your device as soon as it's available, you want to make sure that you are subscribed to Aquademia wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can find us on globalseafood.org slash podcast where we have a contact form that you can fill out. We try to respond to everybody. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, but we really make an effort to make sure that we get back to everybody that contacts us through that form. And we're also on Twitter at AquademiaPod. If you have a couple minutes, we would really appreciate it if you leave us a rating and review because it really helps us out and we appreciate everybody that's already done that. And lastly, if you like what we do and you're interested in being involved, you may want to consider becoming a member of the Global Seafood Alliance. All the information about our membership program can be found at globalseafood.org slash membership. Thank you so much for listening and we will talk to you next time.